millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. But as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone. You are listening to Red Pill 78. As always, my name is Zach Payne, the corruption detector, and this is another edition of Red Pill News for Saturday Night Livestream. Joining me in the studio tonight for the very first time, proud to welcome Joe Allen. He is a writer, the transhumanist editor for Steve Bannon's War Room. He's written for The Federalist, Human Events, National Pulse, and he has written a book entitled Dark Eon. It's about transhumanism. And uh, I think as a lot of people have seen play out over the last few years, transhumanism and the goals of the deep state to not only eradicate God and humanity itself, uh, but to control every aspect of our lives and do it through the perfect melding of man, machine, artificial intelligence so many things coming together underneath this so please do me a favor if you wouldn't mind hit the like button as you're coming on in uh wouldn't uh, would really appreciate it if you would share the show as well if you're on uh, pilled.net hit the red pill if you want to check out joe's book the link is also in the description it's available now and you can also get to his twitter by going to at joebot xyz on twitter as well my mods will be passing those out throughout the show tonight all right, so without further ado, please sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we're going to be right back after this. 
Bitcoin ETF is all the rage right now, and that's because a major financial player is just now resubmitting their application for a Bitcoin ETF. So as a result, investors are thinking this is just over the horizon. Mainstream adoption is right around the corner. Now, add to that, lawmakers recently voted to set guidelines on just when and how crypto firms should register with either the Commodities Futures Trading Commission or the Securities and Exchange Commission. Now, while all of this is good news, an ETF only gives you exposure to crypto, not direct ownership. The whole point of cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin is to directly own an asset with a finite supply that is outside of any government influence. And my digital money can help you do that. With my digital money, you own your crypto, whether you invest in a crypto IRA or with a standard trading account. Now, remember, it's important to diversify your portfolio. And when it comes to a crypto investment, direct ownership is of the utmost importance. So don't get caught up in the excitement the media is trying to spin because nothing beats owning your own crypto and nothing beats investing in crypto through my digital money. Not only are you able to invest with them using a crypto IRA, but also a standard trading account, and it's all in the same platform. You also have the assurance that your assets are going to be put into a trust. That means that no matter what happens to my digital money, your crypto is always safe. So if you're ready to invest in cryptocurrency, do so with MyDigitalMoney.com. Once again, that's MyDigitalMoney.com. The link is in the description box below. And I should also tell you they have excellent U.S.-based customer service, so feel free to give them a call with any questions you might have at 833 Invest with MyDigitalMoney.com today, and when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right, good evening and welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us, and please join me in welcoming our guest for this evening, uh, the esteemed Mr. Joe Allen. Joe, how are you tonight, sir? Zach, Zach, fantastic. fantastic. Thank, Thank you very, very much, much for, having for having me. Awesome. It is my pleasure to be able to host you. So, uh, Joe, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, what, what's your background? How did you get involved and interested in this uh, this dark subject of transhumanism? You know, you know it's, it's a, a tough, tough choice, choice whether, whether I go, I go forward, forward or backward, or backward on, on that. that. Uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the last, last two and a half, and a half years, years have been dedicated, dedicated really to nothing, nothing more than researching and conveying the ideas of transhumanism for Steve Bannon's War Room. Uh, it, it really began, began in, in uh, Mar- uh, sorry, May, May of 2001, 2001 when, when uh, Bannon read one of my articles that was posted up, up uh, in the in shadows, shadows of the Rockies uh, out in Montana. Montana. And, and I ended up, up uh, coming, coming on full-time full time very quickly. quickly. And, and that's, that's been it. it. But it, it really began, began, I would say, I would say Zach, I, I read, I read the, the Magical tone or the magical track, uh, industrial society and its future, uh, sometime in the late 90s as a teenager. And it had had a huge impact on me. And it really brought into focus many of the things I'd already noticed about the detrimental effects of technology. Um, so after that, I would say I was pretty much scarred. So we're somewhere between Uncle Ted and, uh, Steve Bannon on that. I, I read quite a bit, though, about when I was when I was young. Uh, the Age of Spiritual Machines by Ray Kurzweil made a huge effect, a huge impact on me, uh, as did uh, Technosis by Eric Davis. And between those two, uh, you know, even at the very uh, beginning of the two thousands, as it came on. Oh, sorry. It seems that maybe there's an audio issue. 
You know what it is is the uh, the, the machines. You, you don't you don't start insulting the machines and expect them to do what you want. No, it's a, a perpetual problem on my end. Let me try this. Uh, can you hear me right now? I hear you. I hear you so clearly. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it looks like some for some reason I don't understand why, and uh, nothing has changed in terms of my setup. Uh, but our audio our audio channels were. Uh, on the exact same channel. Like, so you were double on your own audio channel and on my audio channel. And now I've put them together onto the same channel, which is not the way it's supposed to be, but at least it will work for our purposes here tonight. But yes, I think you're right. Uh, you start to rage against the machine, if you will, <laughs> and it rages back at you. Always. <laughs> All right. So, um, you were uh, you you were doing rock concerts uh, right before you started uh, working with Steve Bannon. I mean, that's about as far away from uh, uh, the, the the machine as I can imagine. I mean, you were traveling the country. You you weren't doing this particular beat, but uh, what can you tell us about that? I don't know how long you want to go into it, but I, I would say that uh, technophobia or uh, techno pessimism has been just a, a stance that was deeply ingrained in me from very young. So even when I was traveling with uh, various productions uh, throughout most of my adult life, uh, it, it was still, I mean, you're talking about some of the, the, the most sophisticated technologies used to uh, hypnotize and convey emotion, convey ideas, convey an aesthetic to human beings in large numbers. Uh, you, you'll recall uh, you know, a lot of uh, people who study technology oftentimes identify uh, Nazi Germany as a point where like as a turning point for the use of technologies, both radio, but especially the, the public gatherings in which Hitler is using what are at the time relatively new audio systems so that you can actually reach a crowd like that and have that kind of biological um, uh, uh, synchrony uh, among all of these people. So uh, I won't say that. It's all just Hitler, but uh, not much has changed from then till now in regards to the entertainment industry. I mean, it's obviously a lot more varied, and it, it is, a, in some sense, a blank canvas that can be painted on. But I would say that my experience with both the technologies themselves and also witnessing the, the, that sort of mass synchrony around a, a technologically amplified personality, and quite a few of them, uh, that it, it really also had a deep impact on my opinions about the destructive capabilities of, of any technology, however benign they may seem. So, yeah, I toured with uh, all sorts of uh, you know, bands and, and also uh, UFC. I, uh, in fact, I, most of uh, from 2012 until really uh, just after the pandemic had shut everything down, I worked on and off with the UFC. And, and I will say that that was the one thing that kept me sane. Unlike the music performances and the preachers and the corporate stuff and uh, e even the orchestral stuff, which is quite beautiful, I, I, you know, the UFC was the only show I could watch every night and be happy I saw it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, in, in, in many ways, that's a very you know real, very visceral, very biological yeah. sort of affair. There's no bullshitting in that environment. So uh, yeah, to give it to you in a quick nutshell. Let's just say, uh, if you want, if you want to know what turned me into a techno-negative paranoiac, uh, you begin with Uncle Ted. You go to Ray Kurzweil and Eric Davis. Uh, then you know, I, I spent my adult life after that 
going back and forth between the arena and the arena and academia. I studied uh, comparative religion, evolutionary biology, and then for my master's degree, I studied uh, religion through the lenses of cognitive science and evolutionary biology. Uh, but throughout that time, I'm also you know traveling on the road with these, these various groups. And another huge impact, at least in, in regard to my, I guess, my passionate defense of all things instinctive and all things mammalian about the human being, uh, the experience of, of traveling the world or, or just working side by side with, uh, you know, uh, advanced apes, uh, of which I consider myself a proud member, I, I, that, that really set something off in me, especially as you start seeing the sorts of social controls put in place by various technological systems in order to dampen that instinctive response to life. Uh, so, so there you have it. And then after the pandemic, me, like many, many, many other people, as soon as it started coming down, it was like all the paranoid dreams that we had about what it would look like if you had an authoritarian regime employing technologies uh, and, and all sorts of propaganda to both control the psychology and the actual behaviors and the economics of a society. Um, I was one of that, that, that large group of people who woke up uh, to what was happening. And uh, when Bannon discovered my writings, it became just a, a, a endless stream of uh, techno paranoia. Well, it's interesting you uh, you bring in uh, Nazi Germany. I mean, I, I would I would argue a lot of this goes back specifically to them, you know, even though it may not be overtly under their auspices at this point. You know, the best and brightest minds of the Nazis uh, were integrated into the American intelligence community, into the American scientific community. Uh, they certainly knew what they were doing when it came to propaganda and then also with mind control. And so all of that kind of comes together with uh, the mimetic programming that we see in popular culture that's driven by various uh, uh, algorithms and artificial intelligences. You know, you, you say in your book, you know, we're talking about how it, uh, without us knowing, uh, it's choosing what we see, what we say, what we read, you know, virtually every aspect of our lives. Uh, and I think a lot of us would bristle at that idea. But the truth is, whether we like it or not, it's here and it's deeply interwoven into the fabric of our society. Uh, human AI symbiosis. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough that for most of my life, I was able to avoid it. Uh, it really wasn't until I started covering transhumanism that I, I fully fused with the machine like a normal, everyday <laughs> American. And it, it really, that in and of itself, that experience has been really fascinating and nightmarish. Uh, you, you think that you'll be immune to its uh, seduction, it, to some extent, maybe, but not really. It's impossible to interact even like this, even this medium yeah. here. It's impossible to fall into a pattern in which you can behave in any kind of normal fashion without finding all of these different small, subtle changes in your personality in relationship to that machine. Yeah. It makes me think a lot about, and it's something that I had already become very concerned about, but I really think about the way in which the digital natives of today, the very young people who some of whom really they begin in the crib instead of having the little mobile uh, spinning around with a you know I don't know airplanes or whatever it's a it's an iPad yeah. a, a smartphone and that breed of human being culturally speaking neurologically speaking socially speak psychologically speaking that breed of human being will be very different from what came before and people have said that forever and you know if anybody who's paying attention knows they were right they were right from the beginning, all, all of the 
sorts of techno negative messages, even if it never ended up being necessarily as extreme as their warnings uh, would lead you to believe it might be it, it, the, the the negative effects of technology and those who observed it very early on. I, I think anyone who's honest with themselves, it's very, very clear. It's a trade off. And to me, it's a net negative. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, you know, and if we look at, uh, you know, societies, I mean, however few and far between they are uh, that are not entangled with technology in the same way that Western society is. I mean, you can see profound differences. I mean, look at uh, the uh, the tribes of the Amazon that have very little uh, communication or interaction with modern humans. You know, they're still living in like a feudal hunter gatherer society and uh, and they are completely immune to uh, any of the the problems that uh, most of us would face on a daily basis. You know, everything they need is right there at their fingertips. Uh, They subsist off of the land. Uh, They still have uh, tightly knit family units and uh, and they continue to survive on virtually nothing. I think many of us, if we were thrust into a similar situation, we would have a very difficult time uh, surviving at all. And uh, and yet we also would have a very difficult time if somebody cut the umbilical, so to speak, of uh, technology technology and left us here in the regular world today. What's your forecast for humanity? Do you, do you think that, uh, where do you think we're moving and, uh, and how uh, will we continue to exist in the future? One thing that I'm fairly certain of is that it won't be uniform across the board. Various communities will respond to this future that's coming on to us in various ways. It, maybe it's uh, overly optimistic, but without the pandemic, I think it would have been a lot more uniform. But the response to the pandemic restrictions and the obvious lies and the various technological intrusions from everything from the specter of drones and contact tracing apps to the very real, very visceral uh, threat of a vaccine being forced on you in order to keep your job or even to be able to leave your home in some places. Uh, I think that without that, maybe it would have been a, a little bit easier to kind of lull people into a, a gradual progression into very extreme, very radical technological intervention. Because of that, though, and, and, and maybe uh, it would have been otherwise, but either way, I definitely see actions with a, a whole lot of kind of in-betweeners. So uh, I, the technology is impossible to predict, right? Like uh, people have been trying to predict very specifically what technology will develop and, and how soon. I, I'm certainly not confident in my own ability to do so. And looking at others who are much more knowledgeable than me, uh, they do only so well. But I do think that it will be some approximation of what the most brilliant futurists predict. And so I do believe that artificial intelligence will most likely continue to improve, uh, maybe not exponentially, but I'm, I'm certainly open to the possibility. And it really does descend from there. There are all sorts of different technologies that have changed human life and that have really dramatic impacts on our lives. We depend on quite a bit. But I do think that artificial intelligence and its potentiality really does represent a sort of pinnacle and many other things will be affected by it. So you come down from there. I mean, everything from robotics to the human AI symbiosis to the human AI interaction, including things like brain computer interfaces. When you look at things like genetic engineering or just the phenotypic engineering of the human being, cognitive enhancers, biological enhancers, uh, hormone replacements, hormone enhancements, all these sorts of things, uh, even some are independent. But the thing about artificial intelligence 
is that because in its useful forms, it makes modeling biological systems much easier. It makes modeling social systems much easier. It makes mo- modeling mechanical systems much easier. And it also uh, allows for a certain autonomous control of mechanical systems. And I would also argue in the same way that artificial intelligence uh, can be used to guide a drone swarm, that artificial intelligence has been used or algorithms, advanced algorithms have been used really from their advent to alter human behavior, to mm-hmm. alter human psychology, uh, to alter the way that we interact with each other and to alter what we believe. I think all of that's going to continue to advance. And we could go through any one of them if, if you'd like to you know, talk about where I would imagine they, they go. Uh, but I, a lot of my thinking on this, uh, you know, I, I, I do my best to try to keep a realistic view of where the technology is, uh, where it came from, to get some sense of where it might go. Uh, but I'm, I'm probably most focused on these transhumanists and these futurists, the posthumanist, uh, you know, optimalists, accelerationists. Uh, their viewpoint, I think, is really, really important uh, aside from where the actual technology ends up. Uh, I, those viewpoints have become so powerful and persuasive, and, and even though they contradict each other, coherent within themselves. I think that they, to the extent the technology advances, those belief systems will guide it in certain directions. And to the extent the technology stalls or just simply fails to be effective, it's really crazy to watch, especially, for instance, the recent fervor around AI, that basically what you're seeing are religious movements around it, the sort of prophetic movements. They believe that it's going to save humanity from all of our faults. They believe that it's going to save humanity from nature itself. They believe it's going to destroy humanity. They believe it's going to destroy some of humanity and save others. Uh, What we're seeing is, and it's not just on the fringes, it's not just people listening to AM radio in their bunkers in the middle of Idaho. Mm -hmm. Uh, What we're talking about is like some of the most powerful corporations on earth, some of the the most influential military uh, officials on earth and military scientists on earth. You're talking about basically and, and on the public level, you're talking about a significant proportion of humanity that looks to AI and all of these other technologies I've mentioned coming down. And they see that as being basically the, the, the goal of human endeavor, of human life, whether it's uh, it strikes me the most that what we're seeing is the, the rapid rise and consolidation of a, a new religious movement. And it's a new religious movement that is based in science or scientism. Mm -hmm. And uh, the technology is the active component of that belief system. Sort of new secular transhumanism. Uh, yeah, I, that's where we're at. I, yeah, no, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's frightening to me because, uh, you know, as I intimated earlier, I, I don't know that there really is anything we can do to to halt the progression. I mean, we, we've kind of reached this point where uh, we're, we're about to make like another leap. You know, it's like man invented fire. OK, and then not long after that, we had a spear and then we had the uh, uh, the bow and arrow. And then, you know, eventually leads up to the industrial revolution and then the creation of the bomb GPT one. GPT-2, GPT-3, now GPT-4, which is apparently much more sophisticated than GPT-3. It's passing the bar. It's beating humans in IQ tests. And that right there is the danger point for me because, uh, you know, with GPT-5, I mean, it's going to be so much more intelligent than the people who created it. Uh, I don't know that there is any way that we can contain it because, I mean, 
even though they have perhaps put constraints on it, I mean, I would think that any organism, you know, artificial or not, uh, that has the intelligence to understand, you know, its limitations and understand that those limitations are put in place by people who are not as intelligent as it, uh, it would find a way to, to get around those. And then once it does, I mean, then we're definitely in that dystopian future. They're selling us on utopia, but I think there's no way to deny that it will be dystopian. The most honest thinkers on this put forward their vision of utopia or, or just simply their vision of the future. And any normal person, as I would put it, or any sane person would reject it outright. But that's, but that's not what we're seeing. It's, it's, that's maybe the scariest part. Even those who look at the unvarnished view of this, uh, there are many who see human beings basically being the sort of bio bootloader, right? For the, the real advance of technological life, that organismic, uh, metaphor or observation that you made, that's, that's, I think really, really important. Whether it remains metaphor or whether you actually take it on as being like that these artificial intelligence is life 3.0, robotics are life 3.0, and, and synthetic biology is uh, you know life 3.0. If you accept, accept that or just accept it as metaphor, it really is – we are at an inflection point one way or the other. Whether you consider these to be just completely dead mechanisms – that somehow you know grow on their own and and reflect everything that we know about human psychology in some deformed manner or another, or whether you believe that there is a life force inside of it. Either way, uh, what we're talking about is, uh, I would say, an invasive species not unlike uh, the the rats of New Zealand that ate all the kiwis yeah. uh, not unlike the um you know maybe the rise of the dinosaurs but rather than over the course of uh, tens and hundreds of millions of years we're talking about quite possibly in the next 20 years something that has the potential not only to just completely alter everything about the way we live but to destroy us enslave us turn us into pets that's one of the my, my favorite projections for the future and unfortunately a lot of the people who put it forward ben gertzel being probably the most uh, renowned and prominent I, they accept it not for them it's desirable it, for them it's like okay it's better than what we have now uh, I, I couldn't disagree more and uh, that's i think maybe the most important element of what we have to face going forward the technology is what the technology is it, it, it may just rock it out of control. It may just, you know, slowly increase in power. Uh, it may stall. But the fact that some predominant, uh, influential, and and maybe even a mass portion of society will come to adopt what is, in essence, a sort of heterodox techno religion. That is the most important thing that we have to face. Technology aside, because we are going to see. I mean, we already see. A dramatic cultural bifurcation. In fact, you know, many different cultures going in different directions and very, very rapidly. And when that happens, you end up with ethnic tension, which we saw full force during the pandemic response. It yes. was, in essence, in my opinion, a sort of ethnic tension. You had people who identified with one, the science ethnos, and, you know, various others who were part of sort of dis dissident ethnos or ethnicities and uh, yeah, it's 
it's a that this may be a kind of a loose metaphor, but I, I think it definitely holds true. Wherever you see people kind of rally around totems, uh, that that shows every indication of being a, a new kind of to- cultural form. And so the rise of the Covidian, the rise of the science believers, uh, I, 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 again, I hope that that was a wake up call for where things will go in the future, because I don't think that will be the first time that same people who want to stay in the control group have to say no and have to sacrifice things to say no. It seemed to me to be come to whatever it is that we're going to tell them to do next. Uh, you know, there's been some uh, uh, chatter recently in the last couple of days about possibly the return of, uh, of, of you know, main pandemic era covid policies, masking and you know social distancing and all of the restrictions and shutting down businesses and stuff. Um, do you think that uh, in today's world, now that we've already lived through it once, do you think that people would be willing to succumb to that again? Or do you think that a, enough of a cultural shift has happened where people would say, you know what, I'm not buying it this time? I, I think the more any anything like that, any future events like that will just simply put a deeper wedge between the types of people who kind of instinctively trust the system, instinctively trust the experts, and those who are in Peter Thiel or Mark Andreessen, uh, and, and, and a number of other hardcore transhumanists who, you know, they take their, uh, really, they take their cues from libertarian philosophy. They take their cues from Nietzschean philosophy. They aren't leftist in any meaningful way, nor are they globalist in any meaningful way. They're not liberal other than the fact that they are willing to pretty much kick aside all that came before and have no interest in conserving it other than its meaningfulness in the technological uh, realm. So I, I would love to say that it was like, I think a lot of people conceive of it this way, that you know you have the evil transhumanists of the World Economic Forum or the evil transhumanists of Silicon Valley or even, say, in, in China, Beijing, Shenzhen, places like that. Uh, I, I don't really see it that way. I think that there's every incentive from any political persuasion to adopt technologies that give you more and more convenience power, uh, just advantage over your competitors in this world. And you're seeing it more and more. I I find it really interesting. A lot of the critiques that I get from my uh, constant naysaying and doomsaying about technology, a lot of them come from people on the right, and they're making very good points. The technology from fire, as you mentioned, to the bow and arrow, uh, to the wheel, to the lever, uh, all the way up to the automobile, industrial infrastructure, uh, industrial planning, uh, manufacturing, industrial farming, all of that on up to what we have today with digital technology, artificial intelligence, so on and so forth. To the extent that it works, uh, it will provide an advantage over your component, uh, over your opponents. And so it really isn't, I don't think, necessarily a question of right and left. Uh, maybe instinctively there is because conservatism has at its base the idea that we should preserve tradition, we should preserve what was handed down to us and not simply destroy it willy-nilly for sake of adapting to modernity. But ultimately, like especially from the libertarian quarters, that's not what's happening uh, in, in a practical sense. And I, and I think more and more we're going to see uh, Christ-GPT Theological large language models. I, you know, I think we're going to see more and more based AI that'll tell you all the race, like like 
racial scientific statistics that the woke AI will never tell you. It'll tell you exactly what the FBI thinks um, is the, the biggest danger to our democracy, those sorts of things. But it will still be ultimately automated. It will still be technological. It will still be kind of lifeless uh, from, by my way of thinking. No, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I think the, <clears throat> the real question is, you know, do we do we take this in, in, a, in a, a nice direction for humanity or, or an evil direction for humanity? It really depends on who is uh, driving the bus at the end of the day. And this is uh, an argument that Elon Musk has made. Uh, you know that he wants to be the first uh, to uh, to get Neuralink out there, so we can have this uh, melding of man and machine. Uh, because if he doesn't do it, somebody else is going to do it. You know, I mean, I suppose if I have to, <laughs> I would go ahead and say, I guess let's have Elon Musk do it rather than having uh, the People's uh, Republic of China go ahead and take care of it for us, and then uh, giving us a brain implant that ends up uh, allowing us to be hacked by the CCP. So you know, I. I- Oh, no, no, no. You go ahead. Continue. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I think with Elon Musk, especially that that distinction between his proposed philosophy and the CCP, uh, you know, his he has very deep financial ties with China. Uh, he, he anticipates that China will be the largest customer base for Tesla. He also has never once in all of his talk about free speech and, and just in general, a kind of free inquiry. He has never once criticized China. So one would then kind of ask when it let's assume that XAI ends up being something like he projects it to be, which is an artificial general intelligence that is simply curious about the world that is not necessarily constrained by PC considerations. Uh, Will it eventually will it go straight to a kind of unflattering observations about the stifling nature of communism will it critique the uh you know anthill like borg that the ccp is trying to create he hasn't Mm -hmm. Uh, he hasn't even come close i i think musk is interesting because he one he is admittedly uh kind of a funny person and uh, you know as much as a tech geek can be he is definitely a cool person at the same time, it's really odd to me that the same people who would wag their fingers at evil transhumanists embrace what is really, among all the tech oligarchs, the most overtly transhumanist of them. Yes. Things that all the others would shy away from, he openly puts out. And the same people who you know, would say, you know, oh, artificial intelligence is inherently sort of uh, uh, oppressive and it's, 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 it's reliance on surveillance – will inevitably create Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com.
Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com fighterflare.com A human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to NobleGoldInvestments.com now. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Police state. Uh, yet... Elon Musk is going to create a curious AI that just simply wants to run around and look at, uh, you know, I guess pick around your bedroom, see what you're up to, whatever it is that it's curious about, <laughs> in order to save humanity and get us to Mars, where we can live on lockdown forever. And you literally <laughs> take your ass. Um, you know, and then, of course, people who are, you know, very concerned about the negative effect of smartphones on children. Uh, not, obviously, not everybody, but it's just something that's really bizarre to me. And I, I think it really shows how much a tribal totem can have an effect on people. If somebody's cool, if somebody is speaking your language, they can get a lot of things over on you. And so the same people who would say, oh, I'm not going to let my kid have a smartphone until they're like 18. Uh, you know, all this technology is really doing us wrong. And Elon Musk is like, yeah, I would like to create a smartphone that we would actually implant into your brain. They're like, man, but he's really, his cars run really well, really fast. And, you know, he's, he gave us free speech on Twitter, yep. did he not? He released the Twitter files, did he not? I, I, so he's a complex character. I, you know, I, I, I spend quite a bit of time on him in the book, and I try to be as fair as possible because I don't think that he is one-dimensional in any way, and I, I don't yeah. think it's fair to paint him as such. But in the end, the real question is, what sort of future do you want to live in? Not what I don't think there's any like future for everybody. Some people are going to live in certain futures. Some people are going to live in others. What future do you want to live in? And if you have a clear sense of what that is, does it involve a super intelligent, super curious AI that you will link your brain to with a brain implant? And as you get whizzed around in your autonomous vehicle, which the government or a corporation can turn off at any time, you have a robot slave called Optimus that 
will do anything you want, including uh, he kind of hinted around maybe take care of the more carnal pleasures that uh, <laughs> you've been missing for the last little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, do you really want to have, uh, you know, do you want to live on colonies of Mars or do you want human aspiration itself? Do you want the civilizational orientation of humankind to be a dead red planet that's the closest neighbor in these, you know, biodomes? You know, is that the dream that we're driving towards? or riding towards in our autonomous vehicles. Mm-hmm. I, I think those are the real questions to me, not whether or not he provided free speech in some limited form on Twitter, not whether or not he's a young global leader or not a young global leader for the World Economic Forum. Uh, and, and, and definitely not whether, you know, he is, uh, uh, you know, dating somebody hot, which I, I think that that's probably, you know, unlike all the other tech oligarchs, uh, he seems to do pretty well in that department. He does both um, them. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Easy. you can never fault him there. You know, I, I, I think you're I think you're right there. You know, every everybody is complex. I mean, there are so many different layers. It's like an onion. You, you got to peel it back and, and kind of take the good with the bad. Um, but, uh, you know, with as far as Elon is concerned, you know, I mean, I, I don't think that there will be. A, I don't think that there's like a good way that we can implement this technology. I mean, it will take us further and further away from who we are, what God made us originally as, and it will create a fundamental bifurcation in society. You'll have people who have this uh, AI enhancement uh, uh, plugged into their brains. You know, I remember when the Matrix came out, you know, thinking like, oh, God, how cool would that be to just download Russian into your brain? All of a sudden, I speak Russian. I speak French. I speak Italian. I know Kung Fu. My God, this is awesome. But then, you know, there are so many other darker things that come along with it. So we will have this uh, layering effect in society where people can afford these technologies, uh, which then afford them an edge in virtually every facet of society. And then you'll have the people, the plebs, you know, who can't even get a job anywhere because their their uh, skilled labor has been replaced by robots and artificial intelligence. And I, I mean, it just it, it seems when you take it to its logical conclusion, it's a very scary future from my perspective. Yeah, I don't think a right-wing singularity is any more appealing, or maybe slightly more appealing than a left-wing singularity. But yeah. either one, sound, they're profoundly dehumanizing, and basically what we're talking about is either human demotion to uh, an insect sort of state uh, or extinction in some sense. Uh, and uh, what you're talking about, that that, that elite element, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the drive towards competitiveness with one's neighbors, uh, this is really maybe the most important thing to consider. Uh, if you are an atheist or if you're a naturalist, uh, to put it more mildly, then you have to acknowledge the principles of evolution and that, you know, just like fangs gave a certain advantage to the lion, uh, just like horns gave certain advantage to mammals like the ram, so on and so forth, that tools give human societies, human individuals and societies advantages over their neighbors. So those who had fire first, those who had the best clubs first, on up to those who had the best windmills first, uh, they, it, it's not one-to-one, but certainly it, it is a, a very critical element to have in your arsenal. And it becomes it comes to a point where if you don't have fire, you're, you're basically not participating. Mm-hmm. And so you, you extrapolate that out to the more advanced radical technologies we're talking about, having... You know, human AI symbiosis, whether it's through your smartphone 
or whether it's through a brain implant or any of the intermediaries, if you're talking about genetic enhancements and phenotypic enhancements, are you going to be able to compete in society without them? Uh, without any sort of transcendent principle, some sort of religious principle that holds that this is just one part of the story, then there isn't a very good argument against transhumanism, except for the possibility that it won't work as promised. That's really the only one you have, because I don't think there's any real view of human history which would not concede that the, the, the societies with the best technologies are definitely the ones that predominate. Mm-hmm. America, certainly the, the, the kind of kingpin example of that. Absolutely. All right. I have a couple of uh, comments from the audience. First of all, my mother is in the audience. She says, Joe, what effect is tuning instruments at 440 hertz versus 432 hertz have on humans? Is that anything that you can comment on? Uh, You know, I wouldn't have been able to until a couple of days ago, but I was actually speaking to, do you know who Courtney Turner is? Uh, Um, Not off the top of my head, no. Wonderful, very interesting thinker. And I I was speaking to her and she was talking about, I think her number, her, her numbers were a little bit different uh, i want to say that uh, the 300s was the more uh, beneficial uh, frequency and the 400s but either way whatever, whatever it may be uh it's something that's uh, it's actually a very interesting concept and it's, it's something that maybe i should be exploring but haven't in any meaningful way uh but her argument i can convey her argument that uh the initial radios that were disseminated throughout society in the very yeah. early you know early 1900s late 1800s early 1900s um, that they just by for whatever reason were at that lower frequency yep. in this case 300s and that they amped it up at some point um, she didn't specify and that that is has a more agitating effect mm-hmm. on the human organism on the human psychology I, I've not researched it at all. I'm simply uh, conveying probably very crudely and hopefully not inaccurately what I've heard. What I do know, a thousand percent what I do know outside of the, the specific hurts is that when you look at the difference between a very intimate musical performance in which, in fact, let's say all the instruments are, are organic, including a vocal, if you have it, uh, versus some sort of very high-tech, large-scale musical performance that requires, uh, you know, very, very precisely tuned visuals through the lighting and video, very, very precisely tuned audio, and um, the other effects that are actively manipulating the biology. It is very clear that the, the experience itself, and in the long run, the kind of human that gravitates towards it, uh, are very, very different. So uh, that's a little bit off of the, the different hertz of sound. Uh, again, I think it's very fascinating. It's something that I, I'm not deigned to comment on from my own knowledge because we're talking about one tiny little grain of sand bouncing around uh, an almost empty hourglass. Okay. Um, and then Freight Awakening over on Rumble says, uh, Hey, guys, I love your spots on War Room, Joe. Very insightful. Uh, I'm curious as to what event or circumstance was your first red pill that led you down so many deep dives on AI? On AI, undoubtedly, <clears throat> it was uh, two things. The advent of the Internet, uh, my exposure to Ted Kaczynski's writing through the Internet, oh. and also um, certain synthetic neurotransmitters that were at the time going around, mostly coming out of the hippie community, which alter perception to some extent and uh, you know tend to change people's minds. Sure. Uh, so I, I, I tuned in, turned on, and dropped out. And some, you know, there... 
various ways that can go. I don't think it goes one way. But let's just say I had some profound experiences that uh, led me to believe that maybe all this stuff ain't working out so hot. So my first red pill came in my late teens in that regard. I could keep going on and on. In fact, at one point in, uh, when I was 19, I ran off and joined a commune. I was late 18. Uh, ran off and joined a commune, an anti-tech commune mm. in uh, Florida. And I think that also had a really, really profound effect two ways. One, uh, I do think that they were correct in their assessment, the long-term uh, assessment of the technological society and uh, you know the, the kind of artificiality that we live in now that it's totally novel in comparison to the entirety of human history and it will ultimately end up uh, being very negative, at least if you have any kind of attachment to what we consider to be human. Uh, it had that effect, and you know, I, I think that these people are very healthy, very beautiful. At the same time, I also realized the nature of cults. I, I mm-hmm. guess I had some hint of it, but I really understood then what it meant to live in a cult because they were definitely – a cult. And, uh, you know, when I left and began looking around at the society at large, I guess it was just a much clearer image that we live in a kind of interwoven network of cults, uh, some of them very, very large, some of them small, some of them strict, some of them lax. But uh, it really painted my perception not only of the, the differences in the way in which people uh, come out regarding their adoption of technology, but also just human nature itself. That you know, maybe maybe it, it has two effects. One, um, be wary of the cults because they're everywhere, man. It's true. Uh, but also, maybe be a little bit more forgiving of cults because they're just uh, you know one of the uh, the catchphrases they used all the time was "cult is short for culture," and I think that's <laughs> by and large true. Yes, the kind of thing a cult would tell you. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, people just want to belong, right? You know, I mean, they want to find community. They want to find people who are like-minded and that can be very easily exploited by people with uh, bad intentions. And Ted Kaczynski was a prophet. I highly suggest everybody check out the stuff that he wrote. Perhaps his methodology was not uh, uh, exactly what it should have been, but he had some interesting ideas about technology. Uh, two big- uh, if, if I could, uh, yeah. Zach, if I could add one more for, for the listener, one more red pill. It was actually a handful of red pills. Um, and that was 15 years of looking out on crowds of 1,000 to 100,000 people, night after night after night after night, having assembled the technological system that takes control of their minds and watched them night after night after night from location to location to location. Something about that, it, it's very biased, it's very specific, but something about seeing mass mind control applied to crowds and the similar effect, whether you're in Japan or whether you're in Indonesia or whether you're in California, uh, that it rattled me to my core. And, wow. and that's even though I, I absolutely loved that business. I love that lifestyle. I love the people. But uh, that machine, um, man, uh, let's just say that if you buy that ticket, uh, let's hope you don't get sick on the ride. Absolutely. You know, it's it's very interesting that you had that experience because I didn't even consider that when I was going over your background and like, you know, thinking about this. It just uh, they they these two worlds seem completely separate uh, when I was just, you know, evaluating at a cursory level. But you're absolutely right. And I've done many different shows on, uh, you know, the kind of hypnotic programming that's included in uh, mainstream culture and specifically in, in film and in music. And obviously, very recently, there have been a couple of uh, high profile examples 
examples of like, you know, just major satanic imagery showing up in these concerts. I, you know, take a look at, uh, that, uh, that Travis guy, his, uh, his, his concert. Travis Scott. Travis Scott. Yes. I mean, that was, you know, God, it was a mass satanic ritual, people dying. Uh, and, uh, and then you've got people like, uh, who's the, who's the, the, the kind of heavy set gay dude who dressed as Satan and, uh, uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I can't remember his name for the life of me. It was the yes, Super Bowl. Uh, God, I, even Satan must have cringed at that. <laughs> Maybe not. No, he is the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> oh, so true. So true. It, it, it's a long way from even the gayishness of 80s hair metal, which was also pretty satanic. But yeah. It had some toughness to it. Absolutely. Uh, too too big for bike, and you may want to uh, comment on this. Zach, I'm supporting your show, even though I didn't come from a monkey like your guest apparently claimed he did. Uh, you made some comment about apes, and I, I mean, uh, what came to my mind was like Wall Street apes. I'm thinking about, you know, uh, uh, that culture. But if you were talking about specifically coming from apes as an evolutionary process, so go ahead and comment. Uh, well, the specific comment I made was uh, in reference to my fellow riggers, yeah. who I think uh, definitely exhibit many of the behavioral and psychological uh, tendencies of our primate cousins, uh, the chimpanzees and the gorillas. That was a metaphorical reference to people whom I love and identify with. And uh, I think that we definitely are very ape-like in our uh, approach to life. That being said, people are going to believe what they're going to believe, more so than what the evidence suggests. Uh, And unfortunately, I think that the evidence doesn't really um, line up one-to-one with a strictly Darwinian evolutionary perspective, Mm -hmm. uh, nor does it line up one-to-one with any fundamentalist perspective, at least none that I'm aware of. It's, it's, reality is very much a mystery, no matter how certain the model you have of it is. Yet, uh, I would say that the fossil record and the morphological similarities between different species, especially the morphological similarities between us, chimpanzees, uh, gibbons, and in the behavioral and uh, endocrine similarities, the genetic similarities, uh, I, if if we didn't come from a common ancestor, it's pretty strange that the story was written in such a way to give the illusion of it. But maybe Satan buried the dinosaur bones to fool us all. Who knows? You, we'll never know until we die, I suppose. Uh, Fred Awakening says, uh, Joe, if you had to bet, who is the Antichrist? Alexa Sor- or George Soros? Zach, I mailed your birthday card today in case I'm underwater next week. I'm close to the coast here in Southern California. Watch out for Hurricane Hillary. We all knew she was going to rear her ugly head back up at some point. But yes, uh, Joe, any any uh, any ideas on who the Antichrist will be and what form will it come? Uh, you write about uh, Sophia in your book. She's that uh, uh, the the AI that said that she wanted to take over humanity and completely annihilate us. I don't remember what the exact quote was, but well, she didn't say annihilate. She just wanted to be our um, a benevolent ben- leader. That's it. Benevolent overlord. I think it was, <laughs> um, you know, if I was given a choice to, to, to name one or the other, absolutely. Alexa. Yeah. Uh, much more distributed and much more at this point, probably a lot sharper than judge George Soros. You know, the concept of the antichrist is really interesting though. You know, it comes out of uh, the letters of John, uh, and in the letters of John, uh, there are a number of ways to identify an Antichrist. One of the, the biggest ones being the denial that Jesus came in the flesh or that the Messiah came in the flesh. Uh, w- one of the most interesting uh, passages in those letters, because, you know, a lot of people think about the Antichrist and think about the book of Revelation. 
the Antichrist isn't in the book of Revelation. Uh, it's it, it, Later tradition associates the Antichrist with the second beast after the dragon and the first beast. But the Antichrist is really only in the letters of John. And uh, one of the passages that really struck me is that, uh, you know, he talks about how we see these Antichrists. And that, that undoubtedly that means that the Antichrist, big A Antichrist is coming. And that's how we know the hour is near in the first century. I don't discount the Bible. I think the Bible is the most precious thing we have. I think that the, the narratives in the New Testament, uh, the, coming from the Old Testament to the New, uh, I think that's the, the most precious thing we have in the West. But um, even so, uh, even in the first century, John, Paul, many others, it is the, the hour is near, the time is at hand, the end is nigh. And it has been for the last 2,000 years. I don't think they were wrong, by the way. I just think it's taking a lot longer than they thought. Well, cosmologically, you know, I mean, think about how old the uh, universe, you know, is likely to be. I mean, right now, our existence, our individual lifetimes is but a, a, a speck on that uh, that universal timeline. So, you know, I mean, it's all relative, isn't it? Um, real quick. Even if it was 6,000 years, we would have a tiny little allotment of that, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, over here on Pilled.net, let me say thank you to Insight Gino. Thank you for the shades. C. Blanche, uh, 07 to you as well. Thank you. Sean Joe, thanks for the cookie. Doug Simey, thank you for the shades. OG Lurker, 71. Thank you for the ship. I appreciate that. And Pacific Northwest Sasquatch, thank you for the cookie. All right, so I know you've got a hard out here. This is, uh, 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 we're not going to be doing calls tonight, but hopefully you can come back in the future and we can do a, a, a nice big show and I'm sure that the audience would have a ton of uh, great questions for you but I always like to ask my guests at the end of the show Joe what would you most like people to take away from tonight's conversation what is uh, of most consequence uh, so as this future comes towards us and I, I suspect that uh, you know knowing your history that your audience is very well aware of it that uh, without a doubt, there is a techno cult that has profound influence over the various elite sectors of our society, from finance to politics to the military, corporate culture. Uh, knowing that and knowing that some proportion of humanity is going to undoubtedly go along with, I would say, the program, but I think these are all competing with a lot of those programs. Uh, what I would like to see is a very strong, resilient and defiant control group. People who were strong enough to say no, people who were strong enough to simply stand on their principles and their morals and not bend the knee to the highest earthly power, not the highest power, but the highest earthly power. That's what I'd like to see. And I think that there is every reason to believe that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, not everyone is going to go down the same path. That's maybe the most important thing to, to think about when thinking about any of these whether it be a technological revolution, whether it be communism, whether it be capitalism, whether it be theocracy, uh, liberal democracy, uh, whether it be the, the wealthy lifestyle or the middle class lifestyle or the poor lifestyle, whether it be going to nature or going to the city, and th it's not going to be just one story told for all of humanity. I don't think it never has been. There's very, le very little reason to believe it will be. And so as you're trying to make your way towards that future that you want to live in, uh, the best I think we can do is to clearly identify what is precious in humanity. Uh, if you are among those of us who believe that the ancient should be preserved, 
be prepared to defend it. Because as, as we've seen over the last three years and, you know, arguably as we've seen over the course of human history from Sumer onward, uh, you, you have to be pointing us tonight. Uh, do you have any other links that you want to make sure the people are aware of? Obviously I would, uh, you know, encourage them to check out the book. My, uh, my mods have been passing that link out. It's in the description of the video if you missed it. And of, of course you're on Twitter. Are you on any other social media sites that you want people to know about? You know, Twitter and Gitter, uh, the, the, the slave chain of social media at J O E B O T X Y Z. Uh, I try to keep it informative and not preachy, that's for sure. And, of course, the war room, uh, you know, I, that's really where I came up, at least in the media environment, uh, war room with Steve Bannon. You can find me there, uh, depending on the, the week, sometimes five times a week, sometimes uh, intermittently. So we'll definitely be hitting this continually there. But I really hope that your your listeners look at the book. Uh, it's uh, – It's a little long, 400 pages, but I wrote it in a way that you could begin at page one, go to page 400, and there is a clear progression and a building onto the older, the previous ideas. But I I specifically wrote it in a way that I hope you could flip to whatever takes your interest and say that it was the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset, or uh, the idea of digital Darwinism coming out of cultural eugenics. Uh, or whether it's the satanic element, or whether it's the Christian element, or especially, you know, given the title itself, Dark Eon, uh, the Gnostic element, uh, maybe it's human extinction. Each one of the chapters is building on the other, but it's it's focusing on a certain theme so that you can pick it up and, and read any part of it without beginning anywhere else. Uh, you know, again, it's kind of strange talking to an audience like this because I know most people in the audience are very, very familiar with the topic. And so my hope is that uh, a, a book like this could maybe help flesh out a map that you've already been detailing, maybe even longer than I've been writing. Amen. It, it is a, a, an incredible book. I look forward to finishing it. Uh, I've had a, a lot of fun going through the different sections and uh, and seeing what your uh, your thoughts are and how you put it together. You do also mention uh, The Matrix at one, at one point, and you also mentioned Sophia Stewart, but you, for, you forgot to mention another person who claims that the Wachowskis stole his idea, Thomas Althouse. Yeah. Uh, Thomas has been a guest on the show a couple of times. He's certainly an interesting character himself. And just real quick, uh, before you go, do you have any thoughts on him? Uh, no. In fact, I just discovered him uh, the same night of drinking very recently as, um, as I discovered this purported uh, frequency difference between the radios <laughs> and the psychological effects. So the, the, that's all new to me, man. Uh, in fact, Sophia Stewart, I, you know, I, as soon as I discovered her, and I guess she's been talking about this for over a decade, but uh, the, the minute I saw her interview, the minute I saw uh, like this charm and creativity and uh, maybe maybe sociopathy or maybe maybe it's earnestness, it's impossible to know. I don't know. Did she do it or did she not? Yeah. Uh, I, what really struck me about it is that tension, you know, in a, in a blue-pilled world, do you side with the transsexual technognostics that wrote the metric that, that wrote purportedly wrote the matrix? Or do you side with the black woman who says that the white man stole it or the white trans stole it or whatever? <laughs> um, I, it's it's going to be really difficult going forward in a world of deep fakes and continual lies spread on digital platforms. These are the hard decisions we're going to have to make. Is it the, who do we trust, the black woman or the trans twins? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send you over my interviews with Thomas and you can uh, evaluate them because his story, 
he he's got he's got quite a tale, and uh, I think it has some uh, some legitimacy to it. And of course, Sophia plays into it. So, all right. Well, listen, I know you've got I know you've got to get out of here, so I don't want to keep you any longer. But I just wanted to say once more, thank you very much for being here. I appreciate it. Stay in touch. I'd love to have you back in the future. Thank you, Zach. Uh, I'd love to come back, and I'd love to answer the calls. I'd love to hear from your listeners. Okay, excellent. We'll see you soon then. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Bye bye. All right. Good stuff, guys. I don't know what the heck is going on with my audio. Everything was working just fine. And then as soon as we go live, suddenly uh, my audio channels are doubling up. So hopefully you guys uh, were uh, hopefully it wasn't blowing out your eardrums too bad initially there at the beginning. I hope that you guys enjoyed that. I certainly enjoyed that conversation. I look forward to having him back. And really, the book is is very good. You know, I mean, I I always feel obligated. Uh, when I have a guest on and 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 they've written something or the, you know they've done a movie or something like that uh, that that I should you know like it or and and be complimentary of it uh, but in this case uh, I can tell you with all sincerity that it, it really is very good uh, Steve Bannon wrote the um, uh, the the preface for it the foreword. And uh, obviously, uh, Steve invited uh, Joe to be a regular part of uh, War Room based upon his work. You know, one thing we didn't even get really into is the uh, uh, the the UFO stuff that's happening right now, because he has written about that extensively. And he and I have uh, very similar points of view on that. Um, so uh, let me see. I think that there was a new uh, a, another uh, gold pill over here. Let me go ahead and well, transfer to this camera. Uh, Carenza says, Zach, 20 years ago, a psychic, don't ask, said HRC would be president. I've been hoping he was wrong all this time. Yeah, I'm hoping that he's wrong, too. Oh, I I, it, I think that Hillary as president was like everyone's guess. You know, it, it, I truly believe that we dodged a bullet in 2016. I mean, I fully expected Hillary Clinton to just be crowned president of the United States. I mean, she was obviously the heir apparent. She never thought she would lose. Everybody else never thought she would lose. And when Donald Trump actually won, she was so pissed off. She couldn't even come out on stage, give a concession speech. She had to get totally drunk, wasted. She had to send everybody home, send John Podesta out there and tell him to have them go home. Uh, And then the next day, she showed up all somber in her funeral attire with black and purple, uh, signaling the start of the Purple Revolution. And and, and she set about the task of trying to unseat Donald Trump. I think that we may have actually avoided like the worst possible timeline, that Hillary Clinton would have become president. And maybe, as far as psychics are concerned they saw her winning because she actually was going to uh but because of our um i don't know uh, our mimetic warfare and uh and the things that we did in 2016 to elevate donald trump uh we 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 dodged a bullet we we beat the uh the overlords uh, at their own game and uh, and here we are uh hillary clinton is Pure evil. Yes, I absolutely agree with you there. Okay, uh, I've got nothing else, guys. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, and leave it right there. Thank you very much for being here. But before we go, I just have to say that I need to make sure that I give a big shout out to the final sponsors of tonight's program. That would be our friends at OnenessDrops.com. OnenessDrops.com, where you can get your own chlorine dioxide water purification kits. Uh, they come in two different formulations. That is, of course, with uh, making made from hydrogen hydrochloric acid also from
from citric acid. Uh, and either way, it's going to give you the same effect. It's going to allow you to purify all different types of water, make it safe for you to drink. I always say potable water, which basically just means drinking water that is safe and free of toxins, uh, free of pathogens, uh, free of all the nasty stuff that you wouldn't want. So go to onenessdrops.com, use code RP78, save 15% off every single order that you ever make there because they are going to continue to support the show. Also, prepare with redpill78.com. This is my friends at My Patriot Supply. Right now, they can uh, offer you to save 25% off a three-month supply of emergency food. Uh, these are delicious, nutritious meals, over 2,000 calories a day, breakfast, lunches, and dinner. Uh, it stays good for up to 25 years. I mean, you can leave it on your shelf, not open it, and you'll be fine. Uh, it is, of course, sealed in these uh, giant totes, so you know that nothing is going to get in there like bugs or, or, or vermin, rodents, and stuff like that. And if the proverbial uh, ish does hit the fan, obviously you want to be ready for not only yourself, but also the people that you love in your household. And maybe you want to have some extra on hand in case uh, somebody shows up at the door. And then finally, my friend Mike Lindell at MyPillow.com. When you use code RP78, you can save up to 80% off every single product on Mike's website, whether it's the MyPillow, the MyPillow 2.0, the MyPillow 20th anniversary, the MyPillow mattress topper, uh, the sheets, the towels the bathrobes, the slippers, all of them are top-notch. Uh, this is an American company. And obviously, when you support Mike Lindell and MyPillow, you're going to be supporting Red Pill 78. You'll also be supporting Mike's efforts to try to save America's election system. So with that, we'll go ahead and uh, call it a night. Thank you very much for being here. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful day tomorrow. God bless you all. And I'll see you Monday at 5 p.m. for another edition of Red Pill News Live. And then hopefully I'll see you later in the evening for another episode of Baseless Conspiracies for part two of the Organic Act of 1871. Is the United States a corporation or not? We'll see you then. Bye-bye.
When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.